Do you invest in ETFs? Whether you're thinking, what in the world is an ETF? Or you're looking for the next opportunity to add to your portfolio. GlobalX has you covered. From big tech to bonds and bars of gold, GlobalX offers a wide range of exchange-traded funds. Go beyond ordinary with GlobalX ETFs. Visit globalxetfs.com.au. That's globalxetfs.com.au. I am so excited to tell you that InvestSmart and Intelligent Investor are long-term sponsors of this podcast. And here's something I want to tell you about. The Intelligent Investor Select Value Fund is a unique mix of global leaders and homegrown small caps poised for long-term growth. The portfolio manager is Nathan Bell, a talented investor you may have heard on the Rust Network multiple times. The Select Value Fund is designed for investors seeking international diversification and Aussie companies with superior financial metrics. You can invest today at intelligentinvestor.com.au slash IISV dash offer. That's intelligentinvestor.com.au slash IISV dash offer. Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Drew Meredith, financial planner at Waddle Partners. How are you going? Excellent. Excellent. Wow. Starting off strong. We are going to cover everything you need to know about superannuation in 20 minutes. We're not going to get through everything, but we'll try and do as much as we can, try and get you all the meaty stuff. If you need to know more, please check out the links in the show notes, but please also consider consulting a financial advisor. The reason I'm saying that right now is because superannuation is, chances are, the biggest nest egg you will ever have. So it's important to get it right and get expert advice. We're going to fill you in. We're going to fill fill you in, but you got to make sure that you get the right advice. Drew Meredith, can you explain, just as a general gist, what is superannuation and why does it exist? That's probably the key thing is why does it exist? Why did it exist? It was created in, I believe it was 1992. Yep, around the then. Keating government. Mm-hmm. Sure, Sorry. we'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> a, a government in the early 90s, is, we're getting there, yep. And the entire concept was to reduce the long-term potential cost of the age pension or provide, you know, the government providing social security to the masses. So essentially superannuation was established, what they call a defined contribution scheme, which means we essentially forced people to put away money for their own savings out of their pocket, uh, as opposed to a defined benefit scheme where people were paid like running out of these at the moment, where people are paid based on how long they worked and how much they earned during their careers. So it's basically how do you, how does the government stop spending money on age pensions? It's make sure more people retire with more money and fund the retirement themselves. So let me get just get this correct. So Australia has this problem where our population is aging, otherwise known as the baby boomers. Most populations around the world, most like developing markets. And because so many people are like running towards retirement and they're going to need more money and they're not going to be working, there has to be some sort of system to help them pay for that. And what they basically said in the early 90s was, businesses, you need to start contributing some money on top of your employees' wage to their super fund. And to make this appetizing, we're going to make sure that the superannuation system is tax effective. 
And you're going to want to put money in there because it's going to grow faster because there are fewer taxes. Have I got this right so far? That's the trade-off. You put away some of your money for 30, 40 years, however old you are, and in return, we'll tax you less. Yep. And then once you reach retirement, I mean, there are, we're being very broad here because there are many rules. Like you don't need, you could probably just do a whole degree on superannuation. But once you reach retirement age, which is the most common time to get your super, you can take a stream of income from your super fund. You can take it all out. We can take it all out. Yep. Okay. So we know that we contribute to it. It's by default. If you basically work in Australia for someone, you have to get it. You nominate the super fund. And the super fund at the end of the day is just like a, it's like a glorified bank account, isn't it? It's just where money goes, it's invested. It's just another form of trust. Yeah. We talk about managed funds. It's just like a, essentially like a fund. There's a trustee that governs where you, where it's invested. That trustee could be yourself and your capital is just invested in this entity structure of superannuation or this tax, that's more important, tax structure of superannuation because there's multiple entity structures through which you can invest into super. So for most people, Drew, just for most people, can you explain the basic tax position? So superannuation is by far the best entity tax structure through which to invest for your retirement. The tax position is if there's two phases of superannuation, there's accumulation, that's where you're putting money in or you're receiving super guarantee contributions and there's retirement, also known as pension. In accumulation phase, you're taxed at 15% of the income of the fund. So if I was working and I got $10,000 and 1,000 of that went in, that $1,000 would be taxed at... 15%. 15%. 15%. 15%. If it was from pre-tax income or if you were cla- if someone was getting a tax deduction for that. So that's called a concessional contribution. But any assessable income of the fund is taxed 15%. So that would be the tax the same way as if you received a dividend. Yep. If or, the super fund received a dividend. Or you made capital gains. Yep. There is a slight discount in that if you make a capital gain, you've held that asset for more than 12 months, similar to if you held it personally, there's a two-third discount on the capital gain, which essentially means you're paying an effective tax rate of 10% on the capital gains. So this is much better because because if you're thinking, okay, I let's say you're a high income earner, you're on 200 grand a year. And I chose that because that's the tax bracket. But if say 200 grand a year, you're paying personal taxes. Say if I received a dividend from Telstra, I'm paying tax for around about 45%. Now I'm also paying 45% tax on the capital gains that I make. Unless I hold it for a long time, then it might be cut in half. So by putting that, if I was a high income earner inside my super fund, even though I can't access it till I was 65 or whenever my retirement age is, I'm getting substantial tax benefit. Hence, put money in super. And that's only an accumulation phase. And then what happens when you hit retirement? So once you're over 60, you're able to access any portion of your super, apart from some very rare, unique, defined benefit portions, at zero tax. So benefits over 60, to you don't even have to be retired, but there are conditions of release uh, at 0% tax. And the added benefit to make it even more important is once you start drawing that pension that we talked about, which is just as simple as asking, asking your super fund to start paying you, the tax within the fund also reverts to zero. So your fund becomes tax exempt inside and tax exempt when you take money out. So that's where all of those good strategies that people talk about when you go to those investment presentations or listen to podcasts and they completely glaze over the tax position. That's who it applies for. They assume you pay, assume it's pensions. And this is why every, uh, you're seeing it at the moment, every second there's a few articles talking about the $55 billion in lost tax going to, going to superannuation at the moment. So this is why it's constantly tinkered with 
by governments and in different federal budgets. But you can see that with unless something significantly changes with the 15% or the 0%, it's still going to be the best place to invest. Yeah. I mean, until that time, people are still going to be all over it. So you mentioned there before that you can have basically two different types of contributions. And you said the word before tax, which my understanding is this is the money that automatically comes out. So super guarantee, some of the super guarantee. So if your employer pays that 10%, but it can also be if you take money from your pocket or your bank account and you be pay it in or direct deposit it into your fund and you claim a tax deduction for it. Exactly. There's salary sacrifice as well. So that's where you ask your employer to pay more than the 10% into your super fund. That's also pre-tax and attracts 15% contributions taxes they'd caught in on its way when it gets into it the goes fund. Goes into the fund. Exactly. And that's that's better though than paying marginal tax. This is all before your marginal tax rate is applied. So it's significantly better. But there is a limit on this. Yes, which at the moment is $27,500 per year per person. So a couple could do over 50 grand. Exactly. But then once you hit that limit, ladies and gentlemen, there are certain rules that apply. If I'm not mistaken, it goes back to your marginal tax rate. Yes. There there used to be some really significant penalties that came through, but they were cleaned up uh, two or three years ago from memory. So if you over, and I mean, some people get more than the concessional limit just because their salary is, you know, $275,000 a year. Uh, In that case, you have the option to have that refunded and paying tax on the portion that was um, over, or you call it a different type of contribution. Yeah. Which is a non-concessional contribution. Or if you're on the ATO website, which is a great one for this stuff, NCC. NCC. And they used to call them undeducted for a different era. Wow. So non-concessional, and the word concessional comes from like the reduced tax rate, but non-concessional means the money just goes, bam, straight in there from your pocket. Yeah. I'd probably worth yeah reiterating on that concessional that from a few years ago, you're actually allowed to make oh. those contributions directly from your pocket and claim a dollar for dollar tax deduction. So something quite a few people have done, uh, quite, uh, quite a few advisors and accountants recommend is if you sell a property, you have a large capital gain, you make an after-tax concessional contribution. You get to claim the dollar-for-dollar tax deduction and that can go off your your um, taxable income or your assessable income. So just to break that down one step further is if you say, for example, your employer, just for example, puts in $10,000, that means you still have $17,500 remaining. So a lot of financial advisors who know their clients aren't interested in direct investing themselves, they'll say, just chuck more into super use up that extra 17 and a half thousand. And the way you can do that, uh, Billy Bob, is you can say, I'm going to just make it at the end of the year, end of the tax year, I'm going to chuck $17,500 or thereabouts into my super fund. And what I do is I go to my, my super fund and I say, by the way, Australian super, by the way, rest, by the way, whoever, SMSF, they say, I have to lodge a notice of intent to claim form, which is a form that says to the super fund, I'm going to treat this like a concessional contribution because then you can claim the tax deduction for it. And you just lodge that form and presto. So there's a lot of benefits because you get the tax deduction, but you also get the good amount of money going into your fund. It makes a lot of sense. So the other one then, Drew, non-concessional contribution. Essentially everything else. So if you just- Keep it simple. Bang, money goes straight in. Yeah. The limit of non-concessional is four times more than the concessional limit to keep it straightforward. So 27500 for a concession, you can do 110000 in a non-concessional contribution. They are both indexed to inflation, so every chance they keep increasing in the next few years. I believe they only go up in $2,500 increments from memory. And so there are many different things here where 
there are rules, even though we say 110,000, there are other kind of things, like if you have a certain balance, it depends on who you are. Yeah, exactly. Right? So you might have, for example, uh, someone that has less than $500,000 currently in their super fund, there may be more rules or opportunities for them. Yeah, so there's a few little loop, not necessarily loopholes, but uh, little opportunities. Yeah which you just said, (laughs) which is a catch-up concessional contribution. So if you've got less than $500,000 in your superannuation fund, individual balances, you can catch up for up to five years of that concessional contribution cap. So if you think that's 137,500 in contributions, you could potentially, if you've, you know, if you weren't working for years, you didn't need the tax deductions where you can take them up after the fact. But there's the big one, which you're mentioning which was introduced uh, quite a few years. Yep. Carry or bring forward. Bring forward, yeah. Or the transfer balance cap. So in order to make non-concessional contributions, you have to have a superannuation balance that is below the the total super balance cap, which is also the transfer balance cap. More TBC, (laughs) more acronyms, which is about to increase, but started at 1.6 million originally. Increased to 1.7 million. That means if you've got each one point, if you've personally got 1.7 million dollars in your super fund, you're no longer able to make non-concessional contributions. You can still make concessional, obviously, because most of them come from super guarantee contribution. It basically stopped people with ginormous balances, like really 50 million. Yeah, and they can't. They just basically slowed them down until the next generation, until they wash through the system, so to speak. So basically, it really what you're saying is like with the how much you can put in how often, in what way, it depends who you are. Yep, exactly. And yeah, because that's that's really important because I imagine like a lot of people lose sleep over like figuring out how much they got in their super and all that sort of stuff. And it's something that people will try and DIY and research and Google, but there's some, there's definitely some value in, in plotting out contributions over a long period of time and considering all the options and collating. Most people have a few super funds so they don't necessarily track their contributions very well. So understanding where all the contributions are going. And the, the big one with non-concessional is that you can bring forward. So you can use this year, next year, and the year after's cap of Three years. Yep. And make up to $330,000 per person in a single year as long as you don't contribute. So to your point, that was really good. Uh, the example before with sell a property, maybe you've got an investment property for over 20 years and you're thinking a few years out of retirement, I don't know what to do with this money, I don't want to buy another property, I'll sell it. And maybe I can consider putting that in my super fund, knowing that I won't be able to access it for a few years. The other thing is that you can use that opportunity to have both partners in a relationship because they might have less than you or vice versa. And so you can also do that. And we talked, we answered this question. I won't maybe go into too much depth here because we're running out of time. But uh, we answered this question at our event late last year where people were asking about like super balances and stuff. And we're saying, well, you can actually split super super contributions between each other yeah. so there's an opportunity yeah there's an opportunity to say one partner isn't working as much and so on and so forth but drew the one thing that i really wanted to get to is this idea of uh, insurance inside super yes we could do a whole other uh you know everything you need to know about insurance separately but maybe just as a, at a high level we we got a lot of questions on this in 2022 of oh you can have insurance inside super and i thought as finance people, we probably thought everyone did, knew this, but um, you can. So some, can some you, insurance, some insurance, not can, house insurance, not house insurance. You can't <laughs> insure your house with your super fund. But tell us what they are, why they make sense. It's probably so, worth, yeah, keeping in mind or reiterating. There's three types of superannuation. Essentially, there's an industry fund, there is a retail fund, so like Combank, Good ING, those sort of things, 
and then the third would be an, a self-managed super fund. They're basically the three options and they've both all got pros and cons, all diff- appropriate for different people. All of them, you're allowed to hold insurance and in many cases, you're able to get that insurance quite cheaply. The main insurance, so you can hold life and TPD insurance as well as income protection. TPD meaning? Total and permanent disablement. Yep. So that's non-trauma related events, essentially injuries and, and the like can, can be held through superannuation as long as, it, as well as income protection insurance. So if you're, not if you're in, I mean, injured at work is different, that's work cover, but if you're injured, hit by a car or something, you need to uh, need to apply your income protection. Fall over your uh, Craig David records at home, <laughs> you just trip and break your leg or something really badly or oh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, sorry about that, Craig David, just ended the, ended the conversation again. But the big benefit is if you're with an industry fund or if you're with a retail fund, they've got the ability to negotiate, you know, how many super, how many members of Australian Super have? A couple of million? Yeah. Maybe one, maybe two, just, uh, just yeah. a mil. Yeah. They're able to negotiate insurance for all those people with one provider. And that's so, good because then if you're maybe, let's just say hypothetically, if you're more of a riskier person to insure, yeah. you might be able to be bundled in with that big group. That's where my insurance is yeah. with exactly. Australian Super. It's group insurance. It's cheap and nasty and maybe not nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Stricken that from the record. Yeah. It's easy and less, usually the benefit within Super is less un- underwriting, particularly in these major funds. Uh, I mean, life and TPD insurance isn't tax deductible if you were to hold it directly. Income protection is. But within a super fund, the uh, expenses reduce your taxable income. So it does have some level of tax deductibility, albeit at a lower tax rate. And so just quickly, in terms of underwriting, what you mean there is uh, basically like you may not have as many questions. You still have an obligation to report anything. That's still, that's insurance 101. You still have an obligation, but you may not be asked as many questions. So there may be a benefit for you. And this is where you should seriously consider your insurance requirements and speak to a professional if you need to. Uh, income protection is also available. Again, you want to make sure that you're considering all angles. Holding income protection inside super may be better if, I don't know, you're looking for more expensive premium and you need to save money, but maybe there are benefits to having it outside of super. This is a constant uh, decision people have to weigh up. So one, you get to get insurance cover without impacting your, you know, your disposable income, but the other, you're putting long-term retirement money into insurance to cover you now. It's kind of where's the cost benefit? Maybe it's for earlier days, it's better off having it in super. And then as you get older, you're more like, maybe more likely to claim uh, that that's outside. So what I did and what I do is I contribute a little bit of money that's equivalent. So I make those contributions. Don't even worry about tax deduction because it's not really worth it. I just make it a, a contribution equivalent to around about the same that my policy would be. And it's just BPAY straight in every month. And it's just to adjust for that extra, because I increased it from the default level, obviously. So I just did that. Presto. There we go. Okay. We've got a couple of minutes left, Drew. I just want to, you, you did introduce this idea of industry fund, retail fund, SMSF, self-managed superannuation fund. We talk a lot about SMSFs on the show and uh, you deal with a lot of SMSFs through your financial planning business with Jamie. And you talk to a lot of people that run these or have these because there are significant benefits to them with higher balances. So can you just maybe, what's an SMSF 101 and then when do you use them? How often do you use them? An SMSF is just a super fund that you as a member are able to control. You're able to have an input into investment decisions. You become the trustee of that fund. So rather than Australian super and their board acting as a trustee for your investments, you are and you're responsible for where they're invested, what assets you hold. I mean, the key benefits 
One is that control question. So do you want to determine where your retirement capital is allocated? Are you happy with, you know, Australian super buying airports and indexing or no, any fund, not picking on Australian super, but, yeah, but all the big funds, yeah. yeah. Are you happy with where they're investing? And related to that is, you know, do you have ethical or other ESG considerations that you, you'd like to, you know, do you prefer to, would you like to back some renewable energy assets? Do you prefer to know where every investment's going? Because it's quite difficult with a lot of the major funds. And then price. So I think this year, a lot of, you've seen it, the increase increasing cost of a lot of industry funds that historically were the lowest cost. In some cases, they cost as much as 0.7 to 0.8% of your, of your balance and always charged as a percentage. Superannuation, we talked about at the event as well. The SMSF Association, ASIC, came out and said anywhere from 250000 can be cost effective in an SMSF. And that's mainly because the cost of an SMSF is fixed at the cost of producing annual financial statements and an audit. Yeah, just servicing that SMSF. And it can be a bit of a misnomer, what I would say. This is probably my disclaimer. It's kind of like the, uh, where it's like a self-help book and it's a book that is teaching you. So it's not really self-help. But anyway, it's kind of like when you have an SMSF, you do need someone else to help you do it typically, unless you you know that stuff. So you will need either a financial advisor or an accountant just to help with some of those that admin. And there are some great platforms around that as well. I think one thing that we should get across in the show before we put a ribbon on it is you can have more than one super fund. And normally that's not, not a great idea, but in some instances it is. Because for example, if you want good insurance, maybe you can do that through one super fund that has meets the requirements for balance and whatever. And then maybe you can have an SMSF for your investing. Oh, that's exactly what I do. Probably you do the same. I use a platform and an SMSF for stocks and funds. And then use Australian Super for my insurance and my contributions going to both. And a lot of people do that. So Jamie was on the show not so long ago, Jamie Nensis, our business partner, who said that the, probably the difficulty with SMSFs, the key thing that's annoying is if you decide to go back on it, if you decide to close one, what are the implications? Are you prepared for the paperwork and so on and so forth? So Drew, we covered a lot in 21 minutes. Superannuation, super important. So important. So important. Like we cannot overstate how important this is. You know, people have traditionally relied on properties, but as we move forward as a society, significant amounts of wealth will be by default tied up in super. So it pays to just have a look at it, maybe listen to this episode a couple of times, listen out for our other content, ask us questions on the Rask website, hit ask a question in the menu and select the Australian Investors Podcast for Drew and I to answer those questions. There are links in the show notes to the Money Smart website, to the ATO website for SMSFs in particular, Super Guide as well, and Macquarie's uh, is a black book. Yep, yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, I mean, it's important to keep in mind that uh, superannuation is just invested into other assets, so yeah. the values can rise and fall. <laughs> the values can rise and fall. A lot of people would have insomnia, like thinking, I'm just losing sleep thinking about this. But you know what, mate? It's just one of those things. Anyway, I've got to walk away from this episode. So, uh, Drew Meredith. Thank you for taking time to join me on the show. If people want to get in touch with you, they can head to waddlepartners.com.au slash contact. Thanks, mate. Good to be here. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Before you go, I wanted to share some things with you. Specifically, I wanted to tell you about the 10 ways that Rask could help you in 2024. As many of you know, Rask has grown to become one of the biggest investing and finance platforms in Australia. Across our podcasts, our websites, our memberships, and so on, we now engage around 200,000 Aussies. 
which considering we started in a humble lounge room on a Kmart desk, one of those old fake white wooden ones, I'm pretty ecstatic about where we are six years later. As part of becoming one of Australia's biggest platforms for wealth creation and preservation, we now have a very special position in the country in that we can bring you some of the best, most thoughtful, expert-driven ways to protect and grow your wealth. And I'm going to share some of those with you now. I've got 10 ways that we can potentially help you or match you with someone who can. The first thing that I want to tell you about is the biggest step we've ever taken at Rask, which is the launch of our Rask Invest platform. This is a platform that lets our team, led by me, invest for you, primarily through low-cost, diversified ETFs. We'll have three strategies at launch, and every investor who comes through can pick one of the three strategies being a balanced strategy, a growth strategy, and a high growth strategy. The balanced strategy focuses on passive income, and the high growth strategy focuses on longer term compounding. You will find a link in your podcast player to register your interest. We will be taking off soon. Number two, if you prefer to DIY your investing, you can join me and over 4,000 members inside Rascore. That's our full ETF and ASX share research membership community. You can join now and you'll get updated ETF portfolio recommendations every quarter, as well as ongoing ASX and global stock research. Every single month, we call them the all-star stocks. You get that alongside the ETF portfolios as well as other members-only content. It's called Rascore. Number three, our first ever partnership with a business other than our own was a business by the name of Blusk, which has since become Flint Group. Flint Group is led by Chris Bates and Christian Stevens, two of Australia's most highly regarded mortgage brokers. Already over 200 Rask community members have begun the Rask plus Flint Group mortgage broking process. You can click the link in your podcast player if you're refinancing, investing, a first home buyer, or whatever. You've probably heard Chris on the show many times. Number four, you can connect with our most trusted financial advisors. Whether you're 25 years old, just graduated uni and looking to set yourself up, or approaching or in retirement and you've got that nest egg you want to protect and generate a passive income from, you can get in contact with our trusted panel of financial advisors. You can find the link in your podcast player. It's there each and every week. Just click the thing that says financial planning. Number five, if you want specialist insurance advice, as Warren Buffett said, rule number one is don't lose money. And rule number two is don't forget rule number one. Insurance is vitally important, especially when it comes to your number one asset, you. Whether you're a single income household or a couple and you just want to protect what would happen if you want to protect your family, if something goes wrong, you want to protect your spouse, if you lose your job, you want to protect yourself, if you hurt yourself on the weekend at footy, insurance is a way to do that. And I think the best way to do insurance is through a financial planner. And there's a few reasons for that, but one of them is sometimes Some insurers will only work with financial advisors, but they can also be your companion as you go through the sometimes daunting process of getting insurance done properly. Sometimes you might not even know, but you're not even covered, even though you think you are. So get the right advice. You'll find a link in the show notes to check that out. Number six, buying property. 
If you're like me and you're thinking of buying property in the next 12 months, or maybe you've already invested and you're looking to downsize, getting the right advice and being able to build wealth through property is a proven strategy. It might be one of the most contentious, but I think that we have one of Australia's best property coaches in our ranks. That is Pete Wargent. Pete is the host of the now super popular Australian property podcast by Rask, and he's also my analyst team's macro consultant. So if you're a member of Rascor, you will have seen Pete's name around the traps. He's a property coach and buyer's agent, and he works with a select number of people each and every year. Just a note on this. This is not a commercial thing with Pete. Pete just has great services, so we offer them to the community. And when he fills up, he fills up. You can find out more about Pete's coaching in the show notes. Next up, tracking your portfolio for tax. I think you are because I think you have to. So we've partnered with Nevexa to help you manage your share and ETF reporting, whether it's tax or performance. All Rask users get 20% off an annual plan with Nevexa. You can sync your portfolio with Nevexa's software and it automatically tracks your dividends, your capital gains tax, and more. Again, not a commercial partnership. We don't make anything from working with Nevexa, but they do create some great tools which the Rask community uses each and every day. Number eight, want to run your own business? Maybe you already do. If you want more profit, but less stress, less time consumed, and less energy lost, get in contact. We have a partner business called Inflection. The Inflection Accelerator Program is a complete online course that helps you and a community of members engage and follow a proven strategy for growing your business. I'm grateful to be one of the coaches inside the Accelerator program, helping business owners right across Australia. You can find more following the link in your podcast player. It's the one that says coaching. Number nine, if you haven't already checked it out, join over 20,000 other people who tune into the Rask YouTube channel. It is completely free and you get notified when we go live and when we publish podcast episodes. There is a podcast on the Rask network each and every day, as well as bite-sized material that's less than 60 seconds or those really punchy tutorials and webinars that are just 15 minutes that take you through a really exciting topic, whether it's how to buy a property, whether it's how to pick a dividend ETF. Some of our most popular content actually just explains things like, what the heck is franking credits and how do I calculate if I've got some? That's on our YouTube channel. Number 10, if you want to be a better investor, a saver, a better partner with money, or just understand your own relationship with money, you can do that all of that by going to the Rask Education website and taking a free course. We've enrolled over 26,000 students at the time of this recording, and we are on a mission to get to 100,000 in the next few years. Rask Education is our mostly free education platform covering everything from budgeting and automation to the probably, I would say, the best value investing program in the country. So whether you're a value investor an intermediate investor, you want to know how to value Woolworth shares, or you simply just want to understand what ethical investing is or buy your first property and what actually happens on settlement day, head to the Rask Education website and enroll in something today. It is free and it supports us because then I can come on here next month and I can say we've got 27,000 and hopefully we reach critical mass where we can help more Australians manage their money better. Thank you for listening to this long-winded ad if you want to get in contact with me, you know where to go. There's a link in your show notes. Basically, these 10 services, even though some of them we don't make any money from, support Rask. 
and allow us to produce these podcasts, attract the biggest and best guests from Australia and around the world, and bring them to you to answer your questions. Thank you for being part of the RAS Network, and thank you for your ongoing support. Bye for now.